Okay, how many of you hope 2022 is different from 2021? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Well, my question to you is, so what are you going to do to make sure that it is different? Um, you know, one of my favorite sayings is, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you always got. And so if you want this new year to be different, my question to you is, so what are you going to do differently this coming year that's really going to make a difference for you? One of my challenges to you is I hope that you will see this opportunity as you begin a brand new year to grow in your faith with God like you never have before. And uh, if we at the staff can help you with that in any way, I, I would encourage you, give us a call, contact us. We'd love to sit down with you, explore with you, maybe where you feel like you need to grow and, and how to do that. We don't want you to feel like you are on your own. That's why we're here. And if there's anything we can do, we want to come alongside of you. And I want this year to be the greatest year in your walk of faith that you've ever had. Today, I want to close out our series we've been doing called The Heart of Christmas. Um, we've been looking at um, what Christmas is all about. What was it that Christ came to do and bring uh, to us? And we kicked it off uh, beginning back or the weekend after uh, Thanksgiving and talking about the, he came to bring hope. And then we talked about that he came to bring love. We talked about the fact that Christ came to bring transformation to our lives. And then we talked about the fact that Christmas reminded us that we serve a God of miracles and we can open our life to the miracles that God wants to bring. Last week in Christmas weekend, we, we talked about the light that God brings and how that uh, can translate our lives so dramatically. Today, I want to talk about when I was laying this series out, I remember when it hit me and it was kind of like one of those, well, duh moments, you know what I mean? Where this idea that Christmas, at the heart of Christmas, is sharing. It's sharing. For God so loved the world, he did what, church? He gave. Say that word again. He gave. And that was what the heart of Christmas was all about. Now, think this thought with me for a second. How many of you have ever had a gift that you wanted for Christmas, never thought you would get, but then all of a sudden you got it? How many of you have ever gotten a gift like that? You remember what that feeling was like? I thought about that when I saw this video clip of these kids who they have been asking for a dog for five years. And the mother, when she made the post, talked about how funny it was because they kept telling the kids over and over again, we're never getting a dog. We're never going to get a dog. We are not pet people. We don't have pets in this house. We don't get pets. And she talked about all the creative ways that the kids tried to appeal to them to get a dog. She said their oldest even put together a PowerPoint uh, that, that, that told the family, these are all the reasons why our family would be a better family if we had a dog. And, and, and none of it worked until Christmas last year. And here's what happened. Throw, throw that video up on screen. Just watch this. What does these kids get this? Wrapping it or is it we like a box? Work together and lift up the Is that just the cutest thing in the world or what? 
I, I watched this video. How many of you teared up? Come on. How many of you teared up? I'm, I'm watching, I've seen this thing a hundred times now. I'm still tearing up. You watch it. Now, it's, it's so cool because you see the excitement of these kids. But here's what I want you to get. As you're watching the excitement of these kids and, and their hearts just overflowing with joy, think this thought with me. What do you think was going on in the heart of the mother? Same kind of joy, huh? Man, what parent doesn't want to give their kids a gift that just absolutely makes their face light up like that? And, here, and I don't want you to miss this because this is the thing that we, I think we sometimes forget. We talk so much about this idea of receiving that we forget that the greatest joy that you can ever have in life is what you give away. Amen? I want you to look with me at a passage of Scripture. If you want to take your sermon outline on, you can track with me. We'll throw it up on the screen for those of you who don't want to take notes, but you can, you can follow along. I want you to look at a verse of Scripture. These are the words of Jesus that he spoke in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. This is from Eugene Peterson's uh, uh, paraphrase called The Message. Look at what he says. He says, give away your life. You'll find life given back, but not merely given back, but given back with what? Bonus and blessing. I just love how he says that. Giving back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Read it with me, church. Generosity begets generosity. Now, how many of you have discovered that to be true? You know, generosity is a, is, is a concept that I think sometimes people struggle to understand. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I came home, and Wanda had been having this ongoing conversation with our 11-year-old grandson, Maddox, about this whole idea of generosity, because it was, it's such a foreign concept to kids. You know, kids, you, kids are takers. You know, they want to get, 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 get. And I had come home that night, and I had surprised Maddox with the Taco Bell, and, uh, and Wanda used that moment to say, Maddox, this is what I'm talking about, about generosity. And we were talking about this idea, Maddox, when you're, when you're generous, when you go above and beyond, when you do nice things, when you give yourself away, you know what happens? One is that you, you open people's hearts to want to be able to give back to you. You know, that's what generosity does. And sometimes we forget that, you know, God who has given us so much, he never intended for us to keep this stuff all to ourselves. Just as God gave his life to us, he expects us to give our lives away. Amen? Now, I want you to just kind of frame that in the back of your mind. And what I did, I, I sat down and I thought, what, what would God have us share in this coming new year. What might he push on? See if you can find one or two of these pertinent to you. Ready? Here we go. First challenge I want to give you is this. Share your faith. Share your faith. Think back about this last year. And I want you to think in your life all that God has done for you. And here's my question to you. I just want you to think about. Did you share any of that with someone else? Did you share any of what God did to you, did for you? Have you shared any of that with someone in, in the past? Or, or will you do that in the coming year? I, I love from the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2, the story of the shepherds who got invited to come to the birth of Jesus, and they got to encounter the Christ child for themselves. You remember that? And they were so excited, and they were so humbled that they got invited. But look at this. From Luke 2, what happened after they saw the Christ child? Read this out loud with me. After seeing him, 
The shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And the shepherds told who? Everyone. In other words, they had this encounter with God and they couldn't stop talking about it with the people around them. Now, I want to give you some help and you think about, you know, man, Steve, I really need to share my faith more. What would that, what would that look like? Well, let me, let me give you just a couple of questions you can ask yourself to help you in this coming year. Here's the first one. Who are you praying for? Who are you praying for? Who have you identified in your family, in your friends, in your coworkers, in your neighborhood, doesn't matter, but who have you identified that is far from God that you have some kind of connection point to, and would you maybe put them on a piece of paper, on a list, somewhere on your desk, on your refrigerator, in your Bible, where on a daily basis, you would just lift them up to God? Now, here's what I know. Prayer changes things. I'm not going to stand here and tell you I know how, exactly how prayer works because I don't. But what I do know is this. God responds to the prayer of his people. You know, James 5 says that, uh, you know, the, uh, the prayers of righteous people are powerful and effective. And here's what else I know. I promise you, there are some of us who are sitting in this room today or who are watching online today, and we would not be here in our own faith with God had someone not prayed for us. And if we're the products of someone else's prayer, maybe we ought to share that by praying for a few others. Second question is, who are you investing in? Who are you investing in? Who do you have in your life that you are intentionally spending time with? Maybe, yes, as a friend or a hobby that you share or a sport that you share or something else that you do. But who might God lay on your heart that you would spend some time with for the purpose of just letting them see Christ in you? Um, You know, one of the things I find so funny is how often as Christians we begin to cocoon ourselves away and we begin to huddle ourselves with simply being around other Christians. And if you put all the light together in one room, there's no light in the darkness where people really need it. Does that make sense to you? And I would challenge you, you know, I would challenge you just like the people came to Jesus and they said, man, what are, what are, what is your master? They came to the disciples and what is your master doing, you know, with all of these sinful people, you know, these notorious sinners. And Jesus said, you know what? It's not healthy people who need a doctor. It's sick people. Here's what I know. You got some sick people in your world. Are you investing in them where God can use you? And that kind of ties me to the next one. Who are you inviting? Who are you inviting? You know, we use this as one of our focal points as a church. We talk about sharing our faith through this very process of investing and inviting. I just want you to think about this last year. How many people did you invite to come to church or invite to experience where they would encounter God in the last year? And now why this is so important is this. What we know is this. 75 to 90% of the people who come to church and come to Christ come because a friend, relative, or neighbor invited them. Let that sink in for a second. 75 to 90% of the people who come to church come because a friend, relative, or neighbor invited them. You see, we can put whatever we want on our nice electric sign out front. Um, we can do anything we want to with our website. It goes online. We can, you know, I can purchase through uh, an advertisement company, you know, a, a 40,000 mailer that goes out to people all over Oklahoma City. We can do all that. We can invest in all that. But here's what I know. At the end of the day, the biggest reason that people are going to come to Chartel are because we invite them. And I just want to encourage you to think this thought and pray this prayer, Lord, who might I 
invite. Let me give you one more. This, this will challenge you a little bit. Who are you sharing your story with? Who are you sharing your story with? Well, just, just a question. How many of you aren't afraid to publicly tell me that Christ has done something significant in your life? Can I see your hands, please? Yeah. Now, if, if that's true for you, who else knows about that? Who else are you opening, open to telling that story to? You see, one of the, one of the uh, myths that we believe is that if we're not a, a preacher or a teacher or a scholar or uh, you know, some kind of academic person who knows a lot of scripture, we're, we're not able to share our faith with other people. And I just want to tell you, that's a lie. Jesus told his ignorant, unschooled fishermen that were disciples in Acts chapter 1, he said, I want you to go and you're going to be my witnesses wherever you go. Now, I want you, I want you to notice this. He didn't tell them to go exegete scripture for anybody. He just said, I want you to go and I want you to tell other people what Christ has done for you. Tell them what I've done for you. That's what telling your story is all about. I want you to just pray that this year, somewhere along the way, you're going to be in a conversation with someone and they're going to talk about some facet of life that they're going through, how they have doubt or how they have fear, how they have anxiety or what they're struggling with. And, and I, want you to, I want you to just be open to how God might trigger something where you might say to them, you know what? I have been exactly where you are. And they'll look at you and say, well, what did you do? And you can look at them with a smile and say, I discovered Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And I'm going to tell you that he had exactly what I needed for where I was when I was where you are. It's real simple. You don't have to know a lot of scripture to tell someone what Christ has done for you. I, I love the story of Mark chapter 5 of the demoniac that Jesus healed and he was so excited after he had been freed from all the stuff he had gone through that he wanted to just stay with Jesus the entire time. And I said, look at what it says. Jesus said, no, go home to your friends, he told them. Tell them what wonderful things God has done for you and how merciful he has been. And so the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region. And he began to tell who? everyone about the great things that Jesus had done for him. Read it out loud with me. And they were awestruck by his, by his what? His story. Not his ability to quote scripture, not his ability to exegete scripture, not how much he knew what they were struck by was what God had done for him. Because what people know is if God can do that for you, maybe he can do that for me. I want to challenge you in 2022. Share your faith. We were never meant to keep this stuff to ourselves. Amen. Amen. Second thing I would share, I would challenge you with is share your resources. Share your resources. Um, I love Matthew chapter 2. Verse 11, we talked about this a couple weeks ago about the importance of, of the Magi who gave these gifts to Mary and Joseph in honor of Jesus. Uh, read it out loud. It says, and they opened their treasure chests and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Everything that we have belongs to God. Everything that we have is a gift from him, including our finances. Now, it's just a question, but how much of those finances did you give away last year? How much of it did you give to the causes of the kingdom of God, and how much of it did you give to people in need? 
You see, I really believe with all my heart that God gives us these things as stewards, and he expects us to share those things. In fact, it was that ability to share some of that that really caught the attention of the people in the early church culture. Look at Acts chapter 2. I love this. and From verse 44 and 45. Read it with me. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Look at me. You know I love you. But everything that you have, it doesn't really belong to you. And can I tell you something else? And everybody here needs to hear this. You're not going to take any of it with you. Not a bit. Not a bit. There was a a great story. It just staggered me. I I couldn't believe it. Reading about this this woman in, in Australia name is Rachel Perry, 49-year-old. She was the head of a veterinary hospital. She got addicted to gambling online. And um, after she used up all of her own resources, she started embezzling money. And over a course of three years, when she was finally caught, um, they found out she had embezzled $670,000 from this veterinarian hospital. And she had blown it all on this online gambling Now, what was crazy, crazy when I was reading this story is that this gambling, the site that she went to that was called the Heart of Vegas, what she did was you go on, you put your credit card in or whatever, and you buy these online tokens, these virtual tokens that you use to gamble with. Now, here's the deal. All you can win is more online tokens. You can't actually win any real money. Are you with me? She spent, no, stole $670,000 to win nothing, to just have virtual coins that eventually all dissipated. And when I'm reading a story, I'm thinking, that's crazy. But, but let's be honest. For a lot of us, that's not real different than our story. Because we spend money on a lot of stuff that it's not going to last. These clothes, they're not going to last. These cars we drive, they're not going to last. These houses we buy, they're not going to last. The only thing that's really going to live on is the money we invest in the kingdom of God and the money we invest to change the lives of other people. Those things will live on. Does that make sense to you? And, And again, I don't know where you're at with all of that, but I just want to challenge you in 2022. Share your resources. They're a gift from God from you. Let me give you a third one. Share your gifts and your talents. Share your gifts and your talents. I love how Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 described the church like a body. And every single one of us have a different role in a different place, but everybody's important. Here's what he says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. He goes, now here's what I'm trying to say. Are you ready? Read it with me. All of you together are the one body of Christ, and each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Now, I've got two questions for you in in light of this. Every single one of us have been given gifts and talents by God. First question is, have you found your place to serve in the body in terms of the church? 
It takes all kinds of people to serve in all kinds of places. You may not be a singer. You may not be a preacher. You may not even be a, a teacher. But it takes all kinds. We've got people who greet. And you know what? God has gifted them with a smile. And they help people feel welcome from the moment they come in the door. We've got people who work in the kitchens. And their gift is cooking and, and serving that way. Or people who help clean the tables and do all those kinds of things. We've got people who come in and, during the week. And they stuff these bulletins that you get every week. That's not done by staff. That's done by volunteers who, who have found their gift. I don't know what God has gifted you. You to do, what I would challenge you and what I would say to you is that if you've not found your place in the life of the church, the, the church is missing you and the body is missing one of its members, whatever that might be. The second thought I would give you is not just in terms of the church, but just in the broader scheme of the world around you, how might God use those gifts and talents you have to, to touch the life of someone else and the community? What if God wanted you to do something that was totally outside of yourself for someone else? Um, I, I saw this, this story, uh, again, I just thought it was so cool. I'll throw that picture up on the screen. So this little guy is a five-year-old by the name of Ryder Killam. And uh, Ryder lives in Rhode Island. He was born with spina bifida and has been in a wheelchair since he was two years old. And um, I don't know if you realize this, but the weather in New England can be really harsh, especially right there on, on the coast. And, and when he was three, just a couple of years ago, um, Ryder began to attend a special preschool uh, for kids with disabilities. But his house um, had a 75-foot walkway down to the street where he'd catch the bus. Now, you know, for other kids who can run and jump and play, you know, you can watch out the window till the bus comes, then you can grab your books and you can jet down the, the sidewalk and get there for the bus. Ryder can't do that. You know, he's in a wheelchair, he has to take his time. And so Ryder would have to go out 15 to 20 minutes early every day to catch the bus in whatever the weather was. And his parents kind of did the best they could, could to help him. But especially they get a lot of rain there, and it's kind of like Oklahoma. You ever notice when you use a, an umbrella in Oklahoma, it doesn't really do any good? You know, why? Because, yeah, the wind's blowing the rain sideways. You're going to get, well, throw this picture up on the screen. This is what Ryder's dad did. He put up a patio umbrella out there. But even with that, you know, Ryder's still getting wet. And so last year, um, Ryder's dad put, made a post on Facebook, and he said, you know, I feel really bad for my five-year-old, my kids, who's going to be five. He's heading to kindergarten this year, and he has to meet the bus. And, um, you know, we're not sure what to do. You know, has anybody got any ideas? And it was so cool. There was a, a high school teacher who taught a construction class in their community who saw this and decided maybe my class, we can take on this as a project this year. And so in September, they contacted the father and said, we, we want to build something for Ryder that will help him. And so they went to Home Depot, got some wood donated, and they got some money raised. And uh, throw that next picture up. Here's what they built. Isn't that cool? This class of high school kids 
built this eight foot by five foot shed with included a ramp. And you can't read that sign that says Riders Bus Stop on it right there on top of that, which I thought was so cool. They built this for him, set, set that all up so that now Ryder has a place to wait out of the weather when the bus is coming and a place where his nurse who meets him when he comes home can wait when he, when he comes home. Throw the next picture up on the screen. And there's Ryder in there. His dad said he's having so much fun with this thing that they, they, they gave to him this last November. Uh, he said he's having so much fun now. He's also using it as his fort when he's home, when he's home playing. I just thought this, this was so cool. And I thought, what, a, what an ingenious way to think outside of ourselves. And again, I have no idea what God has gifted you with, but here's what I, want, here's what I do know. He wants to use that. How might you be open to be used by God to share your gifts and talents? Let me give you one more. Share your time and your compassion. Share your time and compassion. You know, a lot of times when we have families who are going through tough stuff, like I mentioned in my prayer, two families that had a loss this last week, you know, we, we really don't know what to say and we don't know what to do. And honestly, what I've discovered is you really don't need to say much of anything. Just your presence of being there with people in those kinds of times means the world to them. And so my encouragement to you would be, how might God in this coming year just want to use you to just give up maybe just a little bit of your time to sit with someone who might need you to, you to listen to them or, or someone to pick up a phone and give a call to just to know that they've been remembered. Who might God be nudging you? I just, I just want you to think this thought because sometimes from time to time, God is nudging us to reach out to someone or to do something, and we don't know why God is doing that, and you may never know why God is doing that, but sometimes God is up to something more than you know. You know, I love the story of Job, how his friends, at least at the beginning, how they really helped him. It said Job, who went through all of these uh, different illnesses and things that he had, it said when three of Job's friends heard all the tragedy that had befallen him, they got in touch with each other, and they traveled from their homes to comfort and console him. Now read it out loud with me. They sat upon the ground with him silently for seven days and nights, no one speaking a word, for they saw that his suffering was too great for words. Sometimes it's the smallest gestures that mean so much. Another uh, great story I saw um, last year, in after Thanksgiving in 2020, there was a guy in Baltimore named Mike Riggs, and Mike said that he was outside of his house and said he was just feeling sorry for himself. He said, I'd had a really rough year, and he said, I was standing there, and he said, I was thinking about putting up Christmas lights, and he said, but I just, I was just struggling because I didn't, wasn't really in the mood, and he goes, as I was standing in my yard feeling sorry for myself, he said, I, I started thinking about my neighbor across the street. Throw that first picture up on the screen. There's, that's Matt and his wife, Carrie, their kids. And he said, I was standing there in my yard. He said, I was thinking about Kim, who lived right across the street from me. 
Isha Kim had uh, lost someone uh, very close to her this last year. She had gone through all kinds of job problems. He said uh, her anxiety had gotten so bad and her depression got so bad that she wasn't even hardly coming outside. And Matt said, here I am standing in my yard, you know, feeling sorry for myself. And I realized I've got this neighbor right across the street who, whose world has been upended. And, you know, and he said, I, I started feeling bad. I, I wanted just to do something to maybe give her a little joy. And then all of a sudden he said, I got this crazy idea. He said, and I thought, instead of just stringing lights up on my house, what if I wrapped light Christmas lights on my tree and I strung them across the street and wrapped them around Kim's tree just to let her know she wasn't alone, that our family for Christmas is her family for Christmas. And so throw that next picture up. That's what he did. And he called Kim. And uh, after he got him hung up, he called Kim and he said, can you come outside? And he said, and when, when Kim came out in the yard and she saw the, the lights in her tree and, and Matt and Carrie came over and said, we just wanted you to know you're not alone. So Kim just burst into tears. And it was absolutely the most precious gift that anyone had given to her. And, and it was such a simple but powerful thing to do. Well, what was crazy was Kim's next-door neighbor, the Monroes, saw what had happened and thought, what a brilliant idea. And so they wrapped lights around their tree, strung them across the street to the neighbors next to Matt and Carrie, just to say, you know, Merry Christmas to you, and we want to be good neighbors, and you're not alone. And, and, and it began to catch on, and all down the block, people began to do this. Throw that next picture up on the screen. Until one person got really creative and put, strung the lights up and put love lives here on the street. Can you imagine driving down the street? Well, but when it was all over, this is what their street looked like. Throw that next picture up on the screen. Is that crazy? Look at me. All because one person felt a nudge, reached out with something very simple in a little bit of time and compassion. And it didn't just change a life. It changed the block. And here we are, there in Baltimore. We're 1,500 miles away. And we're talking about this now, that's the reach of what God can do when we share what he's given with us. I, I don't know what 2021 was like for you. Does it matter? 2021 is gone. Can't get it back. Can't do it over. But here's the deal. Going forward in 2022, ladies and gentlemen, we can do this right. For God so loved the world, he gave to you, his one and only son. He's given to you the gift of life. What are you going to do with what he has given to you? Rachel's going to lead us in this song. It's just a, the old uh, hymn, I Surrender All. It's just beautiful words. And I want you to make this your prayer. And I want you to say, Lord, whatever it is you want from me in this year, whatever it is you want me to share, Lord, you show me and I'll give it away. I, I want to challenge you again. Share your faith. Share your resources. Share your gifts and talents. Share a little bit of your time and compassion. Give away a little bit of what God has given to you. And I think you'll be amazed at what God can do around you. 
Our Father, we hold in our hands the evidence of your generosity. For God so loved us that he gave his one and only son. And that son so loved us, he gave his life on a cross. Gave us the power and presence of his Holy Spirit. Gave us everything that we have, everything that we hold. Lord, I pray today. If there's anyone, Lord, who has never received you into their heart, never allowed you to make a difference, then God, today, make that their prayer. Let them open their heart to you. Let them experience the fullness of what you can do in their life if they will but just let you in. And Father, for those of us who have let you in, help us to let you out. Oh, God, you've given us so much. Lord, help us to share our faith. So often this good news that we have received is the greatest story that's never told. And just like the shepherds who couldn't help but tell everyone, help us, Lord, to look at ways to share what you've done. Help us to give, Lord, of our resources. Help us to share our gifts and talents. Father, help us to make a little time and demonstrate a little compassion. Let you move through us. Lord, it's so, it's so easy in years like 2021 and 2020 when COVID hits and things get hard and life gets dark. It's, it's so easy just to cocoon ourselves in and to not worry about anybody but me. But Father, that's not how you made us to be. And so, Father, I pray. Lord Jesus, I hear your words. Freely you have received. Freely give. And so, Lord, I pray today, reminding ourselves that the heart of Christmas is all about sharing. So, Lord, help us to have that heart in this new year. In your precious name, we pray. And everyone said, amen.